Well, we've got our brother Dan Seaborn here from Winning at Home. Um, I think it was 1995, I was reading on their uh, website that Dan really, uh, God gave him a vision for this ministry, and it's about really helping families build a Christ-centered family home uh, situation. And so Dan's, Dan's been on that mission for a lot of years, so that's like 37 years ago. And you probably think Dan's not much older than that, so he started as a young man with this ministry. So Dan, would you come on up and just give us the Word of God? Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Morning, fellas. Good morning. Thank you for getting up early and coming out and being a part of this time together. And I have spent some time with the Lord even this morning just asking Him and, and praying that He would guide me with what I should say. And we are living in a time that is different. Uh, and I don't know if you just stop and step back and think about it, but even, even little things in our society right now, I, I travel a lot. Jane and I will be going to Kansas City this weekend. And, you know, traveling's a lot different than it used to be. Now, you can feel different about yourself. I mean, even people will walk up to you in the airport and they kind of just step back from you. And there's a sense where you can almost feel like, well, is something wrong with me? It's real subtle. It's real subtle. And it gets exacerbated because sometimes we struggle with our identity in the Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to make an assumption. I, I saw you worship and I know you love to worship. And I know you love Jesus. There's no question. Guys that get up at this time, well, maybe you came for breakfast. But I'm assuming you came because you love Jesus. So I'm not questioning any of that. I'm just saying to you, in the culture we live in, in the time we live in, I'm just going to talk real honest with you, straight up. Sat with the Lord this morning about 5.15, just talking to him about this. Some of you find your value, whether you see it or not, you find a lot of your value in how people see you, how they feel about you, uh, how successful you've been. It's real subtle. It's real subtle. And this morning, I'm going to push back on that, and I'm going to tell you that because you are simply God's son, you are very valuable. That's it. You don't have to, do, you don't have to come up here and stand on top of this table. You have to jump this table. You don't have to do anything. You are valued and loved by God Almighty. So one of my mentors, one of the guys, if I said his name, he's not from this state, but if I said his name, you would immediately know this man. You, you, you know his name as good as you know Pastor Dwayne's name, okay? You, you know this man if I said his name. He is uh, he's nearing, he's toward the end of his life, had incredibly successful ministry, incredibly successful. But his dear close friends are telling me that he is really struggling with believing that God really loves him. This guy who preached his whole life, who when you hear him speak, if I, if I said he's speaking this morning, this place would be packed. And he's struggling with his own identity in the Lord today. He's wondering, he's saying things like this, I hope I did enough. Guys, I don't want you to get to the end of your life and go, man, I hope I did enough. L listen to me. You are God's son believing that he died for your sins is enough now whatever we do past that is just glory to him but I'm going to hit this this morning because I don't want you to leave here this morning thinking I got to go do something I, I don't have to go to Kansas City for God to love me he loves me because he loves me and and there I, it may be for one 
It may be for one this morning, but I want you to leave here way more certain of how much God loves you. And I want, to, I want to, number one, start with that. I want you to be certain of how much he loves you. He says in his word in Matthew 6, but seek him first. Seek his kingdom first. And then all the other things will be added, because that whole passage is about, is Jesus speaking, and he's talking about, man, the clothes we wear, you can go on into that, providing good for your family, go into all that stuff. Jesus says, y'all worry about this stuff, I know y'all, and then he says this, I know y'all worry about your clothes, and you worry about what you're going to wear, and you worry about your food, and all those things are in your mind, and Jesus says this, he goes, that's what the pagans do. In other words, that's not supposed to be your main focus. Your main focus is to seek Him first. His kingdom, His righteousness. We even pray it in the Lord's Prayer when we say, Father, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're trying to bring a little piece of heaven down to earth. So as men, our responsibility, as leaders to our home, our responsibility is to be secure in knowing who we are in the Lord. When our family looks at us, if they see a secure... When, when women and children see a secure man, let me tell you what they see, something they want. When your wife sees a man who is solid, she sees something she wants. And we, we tie it to, oh, if I give her all this stuff... No, what she's looking for is solidity and security. Your kids love, hey, let me tell you, let me just tell you, the phone at Winning at Home is ringing off the hook right now. And here, I watched it, I literally went in there to watch it yesterday. Ringing off, what's the calls about? Insecure children right now. Kids at school, they're uncertain, they're being told, find your identity and your sexuality. Kids are being told that right now like crazy. And they're living in a society where little, little kids are walking around with masks on. You, you realize young kids these days that are growing up. I got grandkids who have never seen unmasked people. That's all they know. They were born during this season. That's all they know is masks. And in the middle of that, what can start to happen is this insecurity thing. And I'm coming after it hard this morning. And I'm going to tell you that I want you as men to understand your identity who you are, what you're about, I want you to find it fully in Jesus. I've come down, I, I was thinking about it a lot this week. Listen, all I need in life to live, to survive, you ready? Food and water and Jesus. That's it. That's all I need. That's it. Everything else, my car out there that starts when I hit the button, that's a blessing. My wife and my children, they're blessings to me. All, I, I don't have to have my wife and children to survive. All I have to have is food and water in Jesus. And, that, and let me tell you, that's how Jesus lived. He traveled around. What did he say? Just give me this food and water. And what did he have? Food and water in himself and the Lord. That's it. And as men, I want you to find out in your life, you go, wow, if everything got stripped, if everything was stripped away from me, listen, I want to hear you say, if I have food and water in Jesus, I'll be okay. This is a big statement. But it's finding your pure identity in the Lord. And in the culture we live in, a lot of you men, you got to get this. 
you very subtly don't realize it, but there's been this shifting inside you that goes, yeah, I do find my identity in how people feel about me, how my boss treats me, how successful I've been, what my wife thinks about how much I give her. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the basics have kind of been shifted over because we're very blessed people. So I want to start with this. I'm going to tell a little story from my childhood. I, on Saturday night, I shared this on a, on a um, Zoom call that I had with a bunch of people about marriage. But I want you to start with knowing and finding the certainty of how much God loves you. I want you to get that today. And I want to tell you a little story. When I was, um, I, I can't remember, 14, 15, 16 was my first job. And I worked at a grocery store. The name was Deadweiler's Grocery Stores in Six Mile, South Carolina. This guy, as I look back, his name is Ansel Deadweiler. He's still alive. I actually wrote him a note yesterday. And I'm thanking him for investing in me when I was just a little kid. But he, he had a grocery store in my little hometown. It's a very small town. But he had a grocery store. On one, one whole wing of it was clothing and shoes and that kind of stuff. Then there was the meat, all the meat department. Then there was the uh, grocery aisles and all that stuff. He was the early Meyer. <laughs> Nobody knew it. He was the early Meyer. He was doing that stuff way back when I was a kid. Everything you needed was in that store. And I lived near Clemson University, which Clemson football is still huge today, but it was huge back then too. We had some national championship teams back when I was a kid, and so um, he uh, loved to go to the Clemson games, Mr. Deadwater did. And on Saturday when he would go to the game, he'd come to me and he'd say, all right, I'm leaving the store in your hands, man. I'm leaving the store in your hands. I'm going to the big game. And I was like, no problem, Mr. Deadwater, I got it. And so... I would literally, I cut the meat, like in the meat market, I cut the meat for the people, I got their groceries for them, I, I, and I checked them out. So they'd get to the front of the store to check out the register, and of course it wasn't the current, you know, swipe it, nothing like that. You put everything in, and you had to push little buttons, and I did all that stuff. And there was this family that would come on Saturdays, usually every other Saturday. Um, and it was the Evans family. And Miss Evans had, I can't remember if it was seven or eight kids, a gob of kids. And she would come in the store, and I, I didn't like it because after, after they came, the kids made a big mess, and I'd have to go clean the store up again because when they went down the aisle, it was, they would go down the aisle. And so Miss Evans would come with all of her children. They would go through the store, and Miss Evans had a son. His name was Paul Evans. That was his name. He was one year younger than me, went to my same school, school with me. But Paul was a little slow, a little handicapped. And uh, he walked like, like with a limp, and his hands were a little gnarled. So this would be Paul, very skinny, very skinny. And he would walk like this, and his head had, a little, had a little, little movements to it. He didn't have a lot of control. And, you know, in our day, um, someone who was in that condition or, you know, in that place is very loved, very taken care of we work hard at that which is a wonderful thing we do but I got to tell you that Paul his life was hard I went to high school with him he was made fun of I, I it was just sad and Miss Evans with all of her kids and Paul was one of them and they would get up go through the store get to the end of the checkout line and they would be about ready to wrap things up, and Ms. Evans would say, okay, everybody, and Mr. Deadweiler, he was ahead of his time again. He had all the candy, chewing gum, everything right there at the front checkout. And Ms. Evans would go, okay, kids, we're done. We're wrapping up here before I check out. Each of you pick out the candy you want. She would let him pick out candy. Not you, Paul. Not you, Paul. And she did it every time. And I would stand there and go, man, why, why do you treat him that way? 
I mean, he's already handicapped. He's already, he's already the runt of the litter. And, and then you, you single him out and you treat him like he's a piece of trash. And I remember Paul, when she, he, he would just stand over and look at the candy like, man, I want a piece of that, but mom won't let me have it. And all the other kids, they would get their candy, and I'd check it out. I, I, I have to be honest with you, I'd get kind of angry checking it out because it, it just wasn't right. But it's not my kid, and I couldn't stop it. And I, I felt helpless as a, as a boy. But we would finish, and I would finish checking them out, and you, you do need to know this about me. So I can remember times when as they would go out the door, I'd say, Paul, Paul, come here. And his mom would be on out taking the other kids, and he'd walk back in, and I'd just grab a bunch of candy, stick it in his pocket. Probably got him in trouble. Probably she thought he stole it. But I, I've reflected a lot on Paul Evans. I love Paul. I don't, God just gave me a heart. I've, I've, by God's grace, I've always had a heart for the poor and people like Paul and Maybe that was when ministry started in me. I don't even know. But I know that sometimes, whether we want to accept it or not, a lot of us feel like Paul Evans. Like, man, it, it just seems like God helps all of them and all those kids over there. Look at me over here. I'm just... And I don't get to pick out candy. And, and then we find our identity there, see. And I want to tell you, li listen, I can't explain this. I, <laughs> funny, but I, it, should, it probably should be even. I get it. But I can't help it as I stood there. I loved Paul. I just loved the kid. I don't even know why. I just, of course, I felt sorry for him. But I just loved him. The same way God loves you. He looks down at this room this morning and goes, I love you. But, but Lord, look, I've got gnarled hands. Love you. But look, I, I don't even walk as good as Love you. I want you to get this because, see, please, please hear me all the way to the end on this. I believe God blesses. I believe God blesses obedience. I believe he gives incredible favor. But I want to show you something, okay? It came to me really strong through the Christmas season, and, and I, I don't believe when I was here for Christmas I shared this at all, but I, I want to just share a thought with you. Pastor Doug up in Rockford, me and him at Christmas time, had a long conversation about this. We had a long conversation about the favor of God. Because, like, like, let me use this illustration. On Sunday, if I said to you, if I said to you, um, before the game, y'all know what happened. But if I said to you before the Super Bowl, hey, today God's going to have favor on Tom Brady, your mind would automatically shift to, oh, he's going to win. If I said to you, uh, Sunday, God's favor is going to be on Patrick Mahomes. He's the quarterback for Kansas City who got his butt kicked. Okay, if I said that to you after the game, you might go, boy, Dan was wrong about that. I want to propose to you Maybe the way we've always thought about favor is wrong. I want you to just listen. Just please be patient. Here's my illustration of it. It hit me really strong at Christmas time. I'm going to let you finish it for me. God looked down on the earth and he sent an angel. An angel's name was Gabriel. And Gabriel went to a young woman, probably 16-year-old girl, whose name was Mary. And he said, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, Greetings, Mary. You are highly... There you go. 
So if that's true, what did you hear when you heard the angel Gabriel look down at you and say, you are highly, oh man, wow, my life is going to be awesome. I'm not going to deal with a lot of hard times. This is going to be really good, like, like really good. So let's just get it started. You're 16. L- let me just play this out, y'all. If y'all had a little Super Bowl thing happen at your house, and just let me just imagine with you, you have a 16-year-old daughter, okay? And right in the middle of the Super Bowl, hey, everybody, at halftime, instead of watching that, I need to announce something to you. This is Mary's life. Mom and Dad and everybody, I need to let you know um, I'm, I'm 16 and I'm pregnant, but don't worry anything. I haven't been with a man. This is God's kid. How many of you in this room would look at your 16-year-old daughter and say, we need to chat a minute? So that's how it started for her. Started with people going, really? You, you want us to really believe this? I'm sure she was mocked. I'm sure she was made fun of. Do you, do you think there might have been a moment where she thought, Gabriel, you said favored. These people don't seem to be receiving my message. Fast forward nine months, she goes to the hospital. Let's just pretend she went to the hospital in 2021. Let's just pretend she went in, in our day. And I'll play out what it would look like in our day. She shows up at the hospital. Nine months pregnant, her and Joseph roll up in the car. They go to the emergency room. I know this happens. It happened to me the other day. I took a friend to the emergency room. This is what happened. Uh, sir, I'm sorry, you can't come in. Only, only... Um, only your friend can come in. I, I couldn't even walk through. I said, can I just get him over there? Nope, you can't come in. We've got a lot of COVID, and because of restrictions, you're out. So this is what would have happened to her in 2021. Play out what happened to her, really, how it would have looked like in 2021. Oh, ma'am, we, all our beds are full with COVID. There's no room for you in the hospital. So what would, did, you, did you and Joseph drive your car here today? Yeah, we did. Well, here's what I want you to do. Go out into your car, and here's what I want you to do, Mary. Get, sit in the front seat and put your legs over the front seat like stirrups, and I want you to have the baby out in the car. Joseph, here, here here's a couple of utensils you might can use. See if you can help her with it. So I want you all to imagine your wife is on the front seat pushing a baby out. In 2021, let's just play 2021. If, if, if you said to your wife, honey, aren't we favored? She'd put you through the windshield. That's what she would do right there. Because that doesn't look like favor, does it? Does it look like favor when you have to give birth to a baby in a stable? Does it look like favor when a mom who was only probably 16, year old, 16 years older than her 33-year-old son is bleeding out on a cross? I'm an emotional kind of guy. I'm a sentimental kind of guy. I I just put myself in her shoes. And if I'm watching my son bleed out on a cross and him look down and look down at her. I, I, I know me enough to know I would hear Gabriel's words in my ear. And I think I would be thinking, this is favored. Because you guys got to understand, she didn't know about the three days later rising again. So she's just watching him die going. This was, a, this was a favored life? My, my point to you is sometimes favor not, might not look like you think it looks because God wants to take you deeper. I, 
I'm just going to use the football illustration. I don't know if you saw this, but Patrick Mahomes, when they asked him, what happened to you today? He said, I think it's probably going to be one of the best things happened to me in my career. In other words, this trial is going to make me better. And that's just old pagan football. I come over here to the kingdom of God. Not that it's sinful, I'm just saying it's not about eternity. The world builds that, what happened this weekend. Oh, that's about it. That's not eternal. It's a football game. You're in the real game of the kingdom of God. And you are playing for keeps. And God is looking for some guys who, though we fumbled, and though we've had some penalties, lost some yards, he's looking for some guys who go, but I know in the middle of all these things, I know he loves me. I know he cares about me. And I need to be solid in that. I'm telling you what, guys. I, I'm just I'm only speaking for me. I'm, I'm 60 when you talk to me. I turned 60 this year. I look at my wife right now. She needs to be more solid. I'm just telling you what I personally observe. I love my wife to death. But as I look at her life, I can tell in her spirit she needs me to be more solid in 2021 than I've ever been. And I'm not doing it for her. I'm doing it for the Lord God Almighty. She's the beneficiary. And today, I'm telling you men in this room, I don't know who I'm talking to. It may be one. In fact, I sat in the parking lot and I watched a lot of you walk in individually. And I just felt like the Lord's saying, just for one today. Preach this message, even if it's for one today. Tell them to leave there solid in knowing that I love them. You are God's son. The earth and the world might have beat the hell out of you this year. You are God's kid. Your family might be going through an incredible crisis. You are God's kid. He is holding you in his hands. He loves you. And I want you to be solid in that today. Be certain of the fact that he loves you. And then number two. Number one, be certain of how much he loves you. Number two, be certain of how much you love him. See the difference? Be certain of how much he loves you. Got it. Now be certain of how much you love him. Let him see by the way you live that you are seeking his kingdom first. Some paths of yours might need to change. Some roads you go down might need to look different. I am real big, I am real, real big on encouraging men to spend time with God at the place where you really enjoy it. Uh, I, I watch sometimes when we men talk to each other and I watch how we do things. You know, we like to hassle each other as part of it. And we like to say, like, I, I love to watch the guys who get up and, like, they're the snow truck drivers. And I go, I got 3.30. You know, I got five. <laughs> I was up. I've been two hours before you got up. Guys like to do that. Well, I was up earlier than you. <laughs> it's just funny because um, I want to say to all of you in here connect and work with God where he works best with you I'm just telling you for me getting up at 2.30 in the morning and being able to tell you I got up at 2.30 does nothing for me I love to tell you that I connect with God I'm, I'm just going to tell you one of the places I do it I love to play basketball I still do it, play a lot 
one of my favorite places to spend time with God is I have a buddy who's given me the freedom to go in his gym anytime I want. I'll go in there, I'll grab a basketball, I'll shoot threes and just shoot around, play for an hour just talking to Jesus while I do it. Because that's where I connect well. He knows I love that. And I invite him into that place. So many of us go, well, that's my thing I do. Well, invite God into that thing. Because that's the place he spends with you. That's the place that you will connect with him. Let him be a part of your life. Let him be a part of every day. Let him be a part of your joy. He gave you that. He gave me the ability to go play basketball. So why not invite him to come along? Let God see that you are certain of how much you love him. Jesus, I don't have anything that I do that I don't want you to be. Come be a part of it. Come on in. Typically for us guys, we associate that when I'm reading the Bible. Okay, Lord, you're here. See me, right? I'm reading my Bible. Read my Bible. I'm praying, Lord, you see me? You're watching me? I Connect with me, Lord. And he goes, okay, when you walk away from doing those two things, I'm still with you. Like, I want to go with you over there. Like, today to work, I want to go with you there. Like that situation that arises where you're going to want to stick it. Don't, don't stick in what you think. Stick in what you know I would want you to think. It just changes everything. Invite him to be a part of your life. And then I think it's, wow, I'm certain. I'm certain that I love him because I'm living to show that. Let your family see that you let God be a priority. You let God help you with your responses. You let God lead your life. You know, I have this big thing I painted on my wall that really is a theme of what I try to do right now. Winning Home as a ministry is just it's growing right now. And I didn't set out to get it to grow. I just feel like God's expanding the borders of it. And I'm going, okay, Lord, my sign on my wall says, God led, not man-made. Man can pull some crazy stuff off. We can do some crazy stuff. That isn't necessarily pleasing to God. It can be very man-made. Man built the Tower of Babel. God didn't seem to like that either. But as men, we need to remember I want to be God-led. Whatever he does in my life, I want to know that he's leading me, not that I'm pulling it off. It's in the pulling it off where we find, we find security in what we can do. And I want you to find security in what God can do. He can use a fallen, broken, fumbling man. And that's what we are. And he can use you mightily if you just say, Lord, I lay it at your feet. Whatever your situation is today, you're dealing with, lay at his feet. And then realize, just like Mary, you might be highly favored to be having to deal with some of this stuff. It's a total different look at it. If I say highly favored, you go, oh, that means today I'm going to stop and buy a lottery ticket and win it all. No. No, highly favored means that God's going to use me today, no matter my circumstance, to bring glory and honor to his name. That's highly favored. So just be open to what he wants to do and be certain of what he wants to do in your life and be solid in knowing that you're his kid. That's my message. It's a simple message. But I just, even if it's just for one of you today, leave out that exit door knowing you're God's kid and he's got you. He loves you. Lord, I just I bring this message and I lay it at your feet. In a world of uncertainty, in a world of chaos, it's so great to have our feet on solid rock. 
And that stands out, Lord. I got a feeling in the days ahead, those of us who are true believers in you, we're going to stand out shining like stars, which is what your word says. Help us today shine like stars among our family. Help us shine like stars among our workplace as we solidly reflect your love. Thank you, Lord, for loving us this morning. You don't miss a thing. You see this morning us gathered right here on the ground floor. You look down, and I thank you, Lord, for just this time of worship of you. I, I pray today that we would, we would leave here more solid in our knowledge that you are our Father and that you are with us. And we love you this morning. Give you this time. Pray you bless these guys' day. Lord, put your angels around their day. Give your favor over them. And that favor could look a many different ways. And I pray we would look for the opportunities to reflect your love in all that we do. And all us men pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Let's thank, let's thank Dan. Dan, thank you for that word. You know, just like Dan said, it's a simple message, but it's a powerful message. And that's the truth of the gospel. It's simple, but powerful, but also practical as we apply it, you know, to our everyday life. Because God is concerned. And it's the difference between religion and relationship. Jesus came to bridge that gap that was there prior to him going to the cross and, and pouring out, shedding his blood for, for you, for me, for each one of us. And it's about a relationship that really is a partnership to where we walk through life together if we let him. And so it's in the practical times, just like Dan said, you know, if we, if we look at our relationship with God from a religious standpoint, um, it'll, it just won't go any farther. It'll stop with just the do's that we do. But God is here to have a relationship with us. He's with us all the time. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's the promise. He's with us in playing basketball. He's with us riding down the road, not just at reload. And so today, take him with you because the truth is he is with you. And anything in that message that Dan brought this morning that touched your heart, God is speaking to us individually of, you know, not leaving it here, but taking whatever God touched in our heart with us throughout this day. Because it's not, prayer isn't just about making our requests known to God. That's just part of it. But it's also listening. It's that relationship of letting God speak to us, um, just even in the small things, taking these small steps. But those things are very important. So thank you, Dan.